Welcome back to Season 2 of the Other States of America History Podcast. In this podcast, we explore the things not included in your textbook or underrepresented in your textbooks, and we do this by focusing on the colonial empires, the other nations, kingdoms, republics, confederations, and native nations that existed or still exist within the national boundaries of the United States of America. In our first season, we focused not on Jamestown, not on Plymouth, where a lot of histories start when you're speaking about the United States of America. We started with the Haudenosaunee and the Iroquois Confederation, their allies, the Dutch, who formed New Netherland, and then their adversaries down in New Sweden. This area would become known to every social studies teacher as the Middle Colonies. So rather than start in New England or in the South, I started right there in the middle. And I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Eric Yanis. I'm a New York State certified teacher, both in social studies and special education. This season, we're going to be covering the epic saga of New France. Now, what do social studies students in New York State typically know about New France? Most of the content involving New France actually involves its undoing in the French and Indian War. They also might know something about Samuel de Champlain or Jacques Cartier. They know a couple of the early explorers. They might know about Verrazano. But pretty much in this story of New France, they know about the very beginning and the very end. And everything in the middle is nebulous. It's blank. Now, a really intuitive New York State social studies student might associate New France with Quebec and Canada today. And overall would come away with the impression that New France is mostly pertaining to the history of modern day Canada and probably only by proximity has anything to do with the history of the United States. But you people who think that could not be more wrong. New France existed for over 230 years. And at certain times, the kings of France claimed parts of the modern day United States all the way to Florida, all the way up to Maine, and of course, parts north of there. And they had no reckoning of longitude. So at certain times, the kings of France actually claimed Alaska, even though they didn't have maps of Alaska, because they were simply claiming latitudes. And so maybe with the exception of Hawaii and parts of the American Southwest, at times New France claimed nearly every part of the United States. Now this season will focus on what that claim actually meant in terms of boots on the ground. Where were the French actually living in New France? We will discover that much of New France was actually controlled almost completely by the Native Americans or the First Nations people, as they call them up in Canada. And then other times, the maps were completely fictional and France had no control nor even idea of what certain areas of North America even looked like. Nevertheless, they claimed it. Despite all these uncertainties, New France has had a profound impact on what we now call the United States of America. Millions of Americans have French ancestry. And whether you know it or not, if you're, if you're claiming to be French, typically you're actually French-Canadian. Or your French ancestry comes to the modern-day United States through something that went on in New France. So immigration from France never had these huge floodgates open up like they did from Italy or Ireland, for example. Although many did come over directly from France. But large French Catholic families who have been on the continent of North America for hundreds of years have supplied most of the population of the United States that claims to be French, and a huge chunk of the population that doesn't even know they have French ancestry, 
We're talking about millions and millions of people here. And this is not even accounting for the Cajun population of the United States from Louisiana. Cajun being a corruption of Acadian or Acadia, which was a region that is now in modern day Maine and parts north that are in Canada, split between the two areas. The first settlement of which, undertaken by Samuel D. Champlain and his bosses and whatnot, happens to be not in modern-day Canada, but in the modern-day United States. So New France is no longer with us, but the people are still here. They're part of our common blood. But New France left a legacy of largely positive Native relations. Better than the Spanish, certainly. Portuguese, better than the English. Better than the Dutch. Better than the Russians in Russian Alaska. And maybe on par with the Swedes in New Sweden. The colony really didn't exist long enough for New Sweden to, to come up with a, a long, comprehensive impression of their Native relations. So a wonderful record of relations with most Native American tribes, excluding the Iroquois. So that bucks most stereotypes about colonial powers. They founded great American cities like New Orleans or Nolens and Detroit. And if you do remember back to social studies class, New France fell because of issues concerning Ohio country. Square in the heartland of the United States. And wouldn't you know it, when New France was completely lost, French officials in the 1760s, they predicted, they said, you know, without New France, without that threat looming over the British American colonials, they're probably going to rebel against the British. They're probably going to move towards independence. And those folks should have bought a lottery ticket. Because look at us now. Thank you, New France. New France, you are the quintessential other state of America. <laughs>